Welcome into episode eight of the one, two, six. Today we have the second ever coach of the month, lead coach of the month. Uh, stay tuned to find out who that is, as well as a special guest. Let's go. I'm actually going to start off the show with announcing the Coach of the Month so that he can take part in the Ozone for today. Is that cool with everybody? Great. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. So our Coach of the Month this month month is Coach Eric Luster from North Forney, a veteran of the podcast. What's up, Coach? Oh, what's going on? Glad to be back. We just want to congratulate you for getting Coach of the Month. Last week was a great episode with Coach Pruitt, and uh, we just look look forward to talking to you about some of your philosophy and stuff. But first... We're going to go to Coach O for the second ever Ozone. Take it away, Coach. Hey, hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. So today, our subject spotlight, we're taking you back to the classroom. We're talking books. Books. Oh, good. Okay. So we want to know. We like books, don't we, Coach Luster? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to make it easy for you. We just want to know what your favorite book was that you read ever and and what you're currently reading. Okay, I'm going to go way back. You know, I remember back, I'm I'm going to date myself, back when we had Riff, you know, and reading the fundamental, I lived for that. And I bought bought Jurassic Park. uh, Michael Crichton. Yeah, you went way back. I I went way back, right? I got the book and I was all excited about it. Then the movie and the book did not match. I was so disappointed. Yeah. Book's almost always better. Yeah. As good as Jurassic so Park you, was as a movie. Right. The, the, right. Book, the book was awesome. Yeah, I love all Michael Did Christ that make books. you not like the movie? Or just the movie was just different? The, the movie was different, and all I ever did was kind of just go back to, like, that's not in the book. Right. You know, they, they changed the character. That's not him. He's not supposed to say that. That's right. supposed to be this guy. It was kind of like the whole time I, I didn't enjoy the movie because it was so right. different. Right. I got you. Good stuff. I love the movie. We have a Jurassic Park poster right here. Yes, you in, do. In the podcast studio. Yeah. That's one of the movies that we talked about in my class. So, Coach O, what, what's yours? Well, it's interesting that he said, you know, books, movies. Uh, so, the book that I'm currently reading, I watched the movie first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a miniseries, and our resident historian in the office, Neil Weaver, <laughs> kept telling me, you need to read the book. The book is better than the movie. And he was right. And uh, so, I, I'm almost done with Lonesome Dove. Okay. Are you youngsters you familiar with Lonesome yes. Dove? Yes. yes. Yeah, that so. is what I am currently reading. And I say reading in quotes because I'm actually doing an audible book. Oh, okay. um, that's what I do now because I, I don't have time to just sit down and read, but I do have a little bit of time to listen. I gotcha. I don't Good have a long enough a commute way. to do that. I've always wanted to do that, and I drive like like three minutes to work. Yeah. I'm like, it would take me three <laughs> years to finish a book doing that. Coach yeah, Weaver, what are your snapshots? Well, first let me tell you, um, I can appreciate both of those. It's so hard. For, and I'm, t- I'm, I'm an English major. So, um, you know, I come at it from that perspective, having, having read a lot of stuff. Uh, but Michael Crichton, I didn't even think of that when she mentioned the question, okay. but I read all his, I've got on this streak, you know, where I read every book by Crichton. I really liked him. He's definitely my favorite author, probably when I was, uh, upper high school and college, um, popular fiction, of course. Yeah. Lonesome Dove is great. We, we, you know, I'm a Texan and every Texan should read Lonesome Dove. I think, um, Larry McMurtry is really good. I, 
and you know, we got this. Uh, my wife and I got. You know, they're doing. They've been doing the census, and so we got a census of community survey. You've got to fill out for the uh, U.S. Census, and um, um, the survey goes into a lot more detail. They send you this booklet you got to write, and and one of the questions was your um, your your ancestry or ethnic heritage. Well, I put Texan. <laughs> yeah, mailed it back in, yeah. uh, and yeah. uh, they called me on that. Believe it or not, they asked me. They said, "Well, are you? A, are you? A, would you consider yourself a Texan or an American?" I said, "Well, you asked me for ancestry. I kind of guess it depends on which ancestor." The answer if you is want to Texan. Talk to the the one that was at San Jacinto, he would say Texan. Yeah, but yeah. I'm definitely an American too, so I think you can yeah. be both. Anyway, Lonesome Dove's good stuff. Which yes. is why he should have been a history teacher yes. as opposed to an yes. English yeah, teacher. I know, right? Well, yes. and I, I do love history, and I love it. So on the subject of books, I'm going to stay with Texans, Texas. And, and uh, there's a guy named John Graves who, bought, who wrote a little book, very um, unassuming little book called Goodbye to a River. And I think every Texan should read it, too. It's really good. John Graves is, is an excellent author. Um, I, if I shift over to the English major part, I, I'd have to say maybe um, William Faulkner may be my favorite all-time author. I was an American literature guy. Mm -hmm. Hemingway, definitely. You know, there's, there's so much good um, American lit, too. But... Um, Good topic. Good topic. Really, it's topic. as broad as breakfast cereal. We, turn, well, we talked about that last time. That's what I was trying time. to do. <laughs> that's really great. Um, and the answer, whenever people, when I went to Sweden a couple summers ago, yeah. and people would ask me where I was from, and I'm like, I'm from Texas. Um, and they'd be like, oh, you're American? I'm like, no, I'm Texan. Yeah. Then I'm American, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it was funny because I, I was with a bunch of guys from, like, New York and stuff, and Sweden, Swedish people have an interesting view of Texans. Mm -hmm. So we'd be out running around, and they'd be like, stop telling people you're from Texas. They think we're weird. Like, just tell them you're <laughs> from. It's not weird. Just tell them you're from New York like me. And I was like, I will never do that. And they were like, that's the most Texas thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So um, I appreciate that you're picking Texas books. If I well, have to sure. answer, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be good. I am – very good at starting books and horrible at finishing them. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, I, I don't really have a favorite book. I just finished a book um, by Craig Groeschel. He's a pastor in Oklahoma. It's like a book for, for Christian men, and it was awesome. I would recommend you know any guy out there to read that. Um, I'm also reading Kingdom Man, which is a similar topic by Pastor Tony Evans, which is really good. Good stuff. But Sounds good. As far as like fiction goes and stuff, I love Lord of the Rings, but I've never mm -hmm. read the books. Oh, like man, I've never you finished should. them. You I've read should. parts of them. I've started them, never end up finishing really? it. So that's one of those like bucket list things where I'm like, I have to do, to do this that. or I won't be able yeah. to look myself in the mirror. Yeah. The so, Hobbit too. Have you attempted the Hobbit? Nope. I wanted to do Lord of the Rings first. Yeah. I know The Hobbit's kind of like the prequel, but I want to do Lord of the Rings first, and then I started it, and I just didn't finish it. Mm. Well, keep it on your to-do list. Yeah, I for will. sure. Good stuff. The list just keeps going. Another getting example of books that are better than the movies. As good as the movies were. They are great. Yeah. The movies are great. You know, I was a Tolkien fan from way back, so good stuff. Yes. Uh, young people out there listening, watch those movies, too. <laughs> uh, I was I teach an AV production class. I walk in there, I'm like, who's seen Lord of the Rings? And they're all, they all just look at me. And I couldn't believe it. I so you sh did you show it in class? You're the I guy will. that has, the, you can actually can. show movies in class. Everybody, what everybody that's, else wants to do. That's how we're yes. ending this year, the last, like, which our classes aren't long enough to watch them because they're so long. But yeah. the last couple of weeks of school, we're just going to watch those all the way through. Good. To make sure they watch them. So, Excellent. Um, moving on from that, great Ozone. Thanks, Coach. Uh, thank you. We'll see you all next week. Um, next, we're moving on to a familiar segment, The Weave. All right, so 
What well, do you first, got for us? we're really entertaining Coach Luster today. I can yes. tell. He, this was his first exposure to the Ozone yes. theme music and the Weave theme music, oh, maybe nice. too. So um, I was I was glad to watch him through that. <laughs> we need to make a Coach of the Month theme. Yes, music we do. Yeah. That would be really fun. Oh, that's cool. Hey, and you know what? As long as we're entertaining ourselves, I mean, we want people to listen to the podcast, but. Um, as long as I can entertain you, Coach yeah. Lester, and make you smile, yeah, it's a good day for you're me. You're doing it. Well, according it. to everybody, though, Coach Lester smiles all the Man, time. Man, he does. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Hard to catch him when he's not. Did that you goes have, to the picture y'all put on. Or like, the only picture I'm not <laughs> yes. smiling, y'all find the only picture. Yes. It's so intense. I know. It looks yeah. like they're like, what That's game you? day, Coach. Yeah, it was like, that was weird. They're like, that's the only picture y'all can find. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post some more. We, we post them all month long when Stay we have tuned. Coach of the Month. Stay tuned. Guys, more I'm pictures of Coach Lester. Coming. A happier Coach Lester. All right, so on to the weave. Um, it is that crazy time of year when we are, uh, you know, I, I've used the terminology, spring has sprung before, and that's just about to happen. Literally, when we get into February, we've been in this time period where, you know, we finished up football and it's kind of basketball is the dominant thing for a little while. Um, soccer's just really getting started when you get into January after Christmas and playing some pre-district stuff. Um, swimming and diving is going on. But when you get to February, um, those are still taking place. Basketball's still in season, in the meat of their season. Uh, swimming and diving, as we're going to talk about, is preparing for regional round there in district. Soccer's getting into their district schedule, but then also this month, you've got softball beginning, you've got baseball beginning, you've got at both schools, right? So track and field, um, spring tennis is popping, which is individual tennis as opposed to team tennis. You've got golf preparing for spring tournament play, which leads up to the district golf competition. Um, You've got powerlifting taking place. Um, I'm forgetting something. You've got um, um, everything. Everything. <laughs> I mean, it, literally, the only thing, the only two sports we don't have. Well, I guess three: cross country, volleyball, and football have all ended. Although all those cross country kids typically segue into middle distance and distance mm -hmm. kids, usually in track. So they've been preparing. They've been sort of in the system all along anyway. They're in season again, and then you add in all the field event kids and sprinters and relay kids, and um, it's just going crazy once you get into February. February is the lead-in month for that. So uh, we're going to be seeing lots and lots of activity throughout our campuses. Um, we've got a softball scrimmage. Here's just an example. By the way, we know we're still COVID mitigating. We have the same COVID processes. And, you know, people uh, think maybe things have changed. They haven't. We're still doing all the things in the school system that we were doing back in August and, and November and January. That hasn't changed. We're just shifting from in, in the gym to outdoors. Mm -hmm. We're just shifting from one or two venues to 10, you know. So, uh, but, the, but the process is still the same. Um, here's an example. This Saturday, we've got a softball scrimmage. It's the first scrimmage that, well, we're going to host a scrimmage at North Forney Tonight. today, which is just a couple of teams. But the scrimmage on Saturday that Forney's hosting is is four schools, um, which we, you know, we had this situation sort of with duels close to it with back in volleyball. But all four of those schools are coming to one site. Well, we're able to use the, the city field. City's allowing our softball team to use city fields, which means we can play at multiple sites because it would be really hard to follow all the COVID mitigation procedures with entry points and exit points and spectator seating and spacing. And this school can come in, and, you know, and we got to 
prepare the dugout in between schools use and, and, and um, clean everything, antibacterialize everything. So um, there's just a lot that goes into preparing for one sport. Now we're sort of in a, a space where we're preparing for activity everywhere. So spring is coming in full blast and um, weather's gonna change. It's gonna be a little warmer outside. People wanna get outside and enjoy. Um, that's good, just remember there's still a lot of stuff we've got to manage. Absolutely. Right? Um, another big topic uh, that, that's been on, on the folks' minds at Forney High um, is um, we're going through the process of, of interviewing and hiring the next head football coach, campus athletic coordinator for Forney High School. Um, we're in between interview rounds, so uh, there's not a lot of update right now on that. Uh, we've got uh, finalists that are preparing to come in and present, and we got a great system. Um, you know, I believe, um, again, I'll tell you I'm biased, but uh, for, for selecting and, and hiring personnel to lead our programs in Forney ISD, um, we include, we're a, we're a Capturing Kids Hearts district, so we include the, the flipping group and, um, you know, the, the flipping profile, some of the things that our coaches have done and some of the training that our coaches have participated in, uh, just from a leadership perspective, we incorporate that into the system along with a couple of different levels of interviews, but we're getting close, right? And um, our, we're gonna uh, be presenting candidate to Dr. Terry and then to the board on the 8th of February. And I, I think, you know, our intention is to look, to be able to speak to a new head coach at Forney High School here on the 126, uh, hopefully next week. I mean, that's the, that's the schedule. Exciting, yeah. yeah, that's the schedule we're on. So that's exciting. And then of course I wanna mention too, you know, we've got teams that are just about to, to um, fire off into the playoffs. Like I said, we've been in that winter mode. Swimming and diving goes to regional this weekend. Um, we've been to the state turn or state participation, a state uh, meet three years in a row. Um, I think it's likely, of course, kids got to go perform, but hopefully we'll have uh, representatives down in Austin this year as well, this month. Um, we got to talk to them last week. We it was did. A great, a great episode. It was yeah. it was awesome for me to hear more about the swimming program because that was kind of it was around when I was in school, but I think it had just started. Right. And I didn't really know anything about it, and it was it was great to just hear how successful that both of those programs have been. Yeah. Um, since their you know inception in the district. Yeah, it's such an exciting time for them too. Mm -hmm. You know, because they're we're transitioning to having a pool next year, but um, um, but man, this year. Uh, there's a lot of great kids doing great things in the program, as always. So they're they're in the height of their playoff season, and basketball's about to go into the playoffs. Um, North Forney, uh, Coach Luster, we were talking before we started the episode, North Forney boys and girls are already clinched. They're already in. Uh, Sign times. You bet. They're playing really well. Um, Forney boys have a, have a really good shot to get in. They've got to win some games in their near future. It's a really competitive district in 13-5A. Um, and they played a couple of really tight ones. They had a great game against Highland Park, who state ranked a couple of weeks ago, right down to the wire. We were talking about that Forney North Forney boys game. Uh, the last minute of the game was was great. It was going back and forth, and you know we hit some free throws late to pull it to pull it through. It was right. a great game. Uh, yeah, make you stay to the end. It was awesome. That's exactly right. It and usually I, is. We that's what we said. How I many we said that before? It just that's just the way it comes down. Our two teams play each other so well, and they prepare for each other. You know. Yeah. Um, the girls' game, 
uh, over, I think, Coach O, you were at that one. Yes, it was. It was pretty tight the whole time. I mean, it was a very competitive game, very exciting game. Yeah, ended up being maybe a 10-point. It was about a 10-point game. North 40 pulled it out, but it was, I mean, it was a very competitive, good game. Yeah. And you mentioned that the, so the North 40 boys have, have clinched. And girls. Um, the 40 boys have a have a chance at it. Yes. Have they both made playoffs in the same year before? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because I so, was thinking the only the only year that that may have happened would have been, yeah. When would that have been? Three or four years ago. Yeah, I'd have to look Forney back into in pretty good uh, senior laden team. Yeah, uh, basketball group and the and Forney's young. Uh, you yeah. know, this is not. I mean, they've got you know a couple sophomores, juniors that start, um, but they're you know they've they there are times when they play really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting it together when when they when they do play well, they're very good. Forney High, I mean uh, North Forney has a, a a very good team. They're and they get up and down. It's exciting to watch, and um, so yeah, we got a shot for both our boys teams to be in um, and, the, and to be in the top four in the district's pretty good. This is a strong district, and um, and what is exactly, exciting? What is the policy in terms of going to basketball games? Good, good question. Um, so in Forney ISD, if it's a home game, we, and this is for every sport, boys and girls across the board, from seventh grade all the way to to your, our varsity playoff sports. Um, each participant is allowed to have four tickets for their family. And, um, you know, that's based on um, equity and facilities and COVID management, the the personnel that we've got to put all that together. Um, But that's been that way since football. Of course, football uh, was a little different. But um, every other sport, we've had four. So it depends on how many players there are. um, But each person gets to bring four. And then the, the opposing schools all have their own systems, but they're, they're typically pretty similar, and they send us a code. We send them our code. We give, extend to them the same number of tickets our fans get and so forth. Hey, and kudos to our parents because we've had relatively minimal issues in regards to just them coming in to events and helping us to mitigate COVID. They've been really, really good. Yeah, it's the truth. Yeah, I mean, we've – We've been complimented num- a number of times, and it's really it's not us, right? It's our yeah. it's the people, our our fans are really good. Our coaches do a great job. Kids are um, they get it? You know, they want to play. We don't want to focus on having to enforce rules. We want to be able to play our sports, and so everybody's bought into that. Been really good. All right, coach. If you're done, we're going to move on to the guest of honor. Get uh, after it. And that is lead coach of the month. Um, Coach Luster from North Forney. What's going on, Coach? Man, I'm glad to be here. It was an honor to be here. So, um, first, real quick, how do you feel about getting Coach of the Month? It's a new, it's a new thing to get. Um, it's a new thing that the district is doing. But you're the second one ever. So, how does that feel? It, man, honestly, I was, I was shocked when they, when they called my name out. You know, it's, it's one of those things I tell my son all the time. You know, do right by people, and then, and the right people are going to notice. And for it to happen yesterday, we kind of like validated what I was always trying to teach my kids. It was like I always try to do right by kids and do the right thing. Then, then to have them introduce it in front of the the, the players that that I try to do right by was it was a, it was just an added bonus. It was it was awesome. And uh, man, the the staff over at North Fornian they tweeted it out. They put it on Facebook. So I got a lot of great feedback back. It, it's been really great. It was a highlight probably of a long time of in this career just to be appreciated was awesome people certainly notice so you you mentioned um you've you've been in this career a long time how long have you been with forney 
Oh, this is my going on my second year. I came in um, about two years ago in, in, well, in March, right after spring break. Um, I knew I was coming here in February, but we couldn't do anything um, until after our coach resigned. And then um, I came in, man, hit the hit it running uh, right from the get go. I, I'm in a great place over there. Uh, I've worked with Coach Jackson. This is my second stint with him. And uh, the going joke is he hired me three times, but I only got to work with him twice. Uh, the, the third time he hired me was at Plano East, and he left before I got to step foot on campus. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but it's been a great. I, I, I love it over at over at North Forney. And just a side note, you know, I've, I've worked a lot of great places, but I really feel needed over over there. You know, um, I grew up, you know, um, single parent. You know, my mom raised me. And I see a lot of a lot of young little lusters over there that just need somebody to pour pour into them, and the gratification for just kids coming back to say thank you, you know, it's, it's been really great. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's everything. That's that's way more than the wins for sure. It really is. Coach, it's interesting. You should say young lusters because when we, <laughs> you know, these these coaches of the month, we're, we're not just going and drawing a name out of the hat. Mm-hmm. In fact, we're not even going and picking them ourselves. They have to be nominated by their peers. So. And I think that's one of the greatest forms of, of um, admiration is when you're willing to go out there and Coach O's got this interview process, I mean, this uh, application process. And the, the thing that we heard those nominations say most consistently is Coach Lester treats the kids like they're his own children. He treats them like he's dad. And I've, I've heard you say that before, yes. too. Uh, you know, once going back to, to growing up, I mean, I had three coaches, um, man, that kind of took me under, under the wing. And just hey, this is how a man does this. Men don't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I need you to do if, if you want to go to college, if you want to, you know, be successful in life. And just kind of just paying back. And God, my witness when I say this, that one of the deals why I do what I do is because I'm still trying to pay those guys back for what they did for me. Um, and uh, my principal follows me on, on Facebook, and he sees all the things that that were said about me on there, and, and just he just reached out to me again and said, hey. I'm I'm 47 years old, and for my principal to reach out and say, "Hey, I'm proud of you," it kind of it really. It's still. It, oh yeah. yeah, it was it was awesome, you know. And you know, my mom, it was like, it's like I won like an Oscar or something, mm-hmm. you know. So my mom called and like, once again, 47 year old man, my mom was calling. I'm so proud of you. And she didn't get your voicemail, but what would she have heard if she had gotten your voicemail? My, my mom would have probably heard like, "Hey." Oh mom. no, because we, we called it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Did I you know really? exactly what he would have said because I called you yesterday and he asked uh, me, uh, this is the lead coach of the month. <laughs> there you go. I, I've been told I've only Already. got 20, 27 days to, to enjoy this. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm enjoying this. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm living it up right now. You're going to walk into every restaurant in Forney. Hey, oh, you have yes. a discount for the coach of the month? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And you're never too old to, to hear that your mom was proud of you. Never. 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 Uh, so tell us a little bit more about your coaching background. Well, man, I, uh, I started out while I, was, while I was still in college. I coached at a private school for two years when I was still in, like, a junior in college. Um, and I, it's always, I always wanted to do this. I love it. Um, I tell everybody, I don't know what else I would do if I couldn't, if I couldn't coach, you know. Um I tell my sons all the time, I get paid good money to, to, to do what I do, to, to, you know, to love on kids and, and build kids up and, and just be, be a friend to, to younger coaches and kind of guide them as well. Um, kind of going back to, to, to being a dad, I call up, if I don't call you my son, I'm calling you my cousin. You know, somehow you're, you're related. And I tell them, um, one of the things is blood doesn't make you family, love does. You know, so I, I'm going to love you. 
good or bad, you know, if if, 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 if you're doing something that's not, not right, I'm, I'm going to love you through it, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to hold you accountable. And I think that's for a young coach to – I'm trying to be a leader for, for young coaches as well and say, hey, look, they don't need another friend. Right. You know, um, it's okay to build a relationship, but don't let them get away with anything. You know, don't let them talk this way or act this way. Hold them accountable. And in, in the end, they'll come back and, and be more grateful for you holding them accountable than for you letting them get away with things. Right. Um, so that's one, one of my things is not just be there for, for kids, but also for young coaches as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely am of the belief that high expectations will yield, you know, high results from people. And I think whenever, you know, like you're saying, just letting people get away with stuff, it's almost, to me, I look at that as almost demeaning from people like, oh, you don't expect, you don't expect exactly. that I could do better. And it seems like you come into it with a great amount of respect for the kids that are under you. And that's awesome to hear. You know, in our programs, I mean, obviously, we're, we're in this competitively to win, right? We never want to take away from that. We always want that to be a focus is winning football games, winning, winning at the sports we're competing in. But, boy, how valuable is it? Uh, win, lose, or draw, scoreboard aside, let's take that out and just focus on the individual kid and those young coaches. How valuable is it for us to have – guys like Coach Lester, gals on staff that, that um, approach their professional life this way. And how valuable as a parent in this district to have your kids in a program every single day that are being impacted by Coach Eric Lester. That's, that's very, very high value. Well, you know, to say that, I, was, I remember being a young coach, you know, every young coach is like, I'm going to win state, and I'm going to be on the Texas High School Coach Association magazine, I'm going to do all this. And I got my very first head coaching job. And we wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. It, so I was like, well, I'm not going to win games. You know, let's, let's win hearts and let's win, you know, let's, let's win souls. Uh, we, we, we would do things in the community. Um, I, I went to a great church that allowed me to bring how many players I wanted in, you know. And it wasn't, a, I didn't mandatory or anything. If you want to come, hey, I got you. We'll get mm-hmm. you a ride. You wear your football jersey. You know, and, the, and the church did, did a great job of recognizing them when they came in. And from, the, and from there, I just started pouring more and more to kids. Yeah, did I still want to win games? Yes, you know. Um, we won more games because I held my kids accountable in how they played. They played hard because they knew they wanted to win for Coach Luster. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where, where, where you're at. You know, if you can get those kids, you know, Coach Jackson said it so many times, if you can get kids to lay in the road for you, then you, then you have something. And they're not going to do it because you let them get away with things. They're going to do it because the expectations are there, of course. They're going to do it because they don't want to disappoint you, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where where I'm at. You know, I do credit recovery. You know, and so I don't get like, you know, I get whatever the parents give me. And sometimes they're not always. In some standards, might not be the great kids in some people's eyes, but they they come in, they sit down, and they work because they don't want to disappoint Coach Lester. So mm-hmm. I don't always do this on on the field, but also in the classroom. I mean, also in the in the hallway, kind of going back to the to the flipping group. You know, I mean, you high five kids. You, you know, you, you tell them they're great even if you don't know their names. And, and then once again, if you do right by people, people will notice. So, Absolutely. There's not much we could add to that. that well, how about this? <laughs> well, Coach Weaver so, I'll add so, always, yeah, I'll add <laughs> something else. Uh, Coach Luster also is, has excellent taste in footwear. Really? He certainly does. In fact, one of the first things I noticed about him, I think, I, I don't know if I even knew he was no. yet. We were both walking down the hall toward one another, and we both stopped and looked. And pointed at our feet, and we're both wearing the same pair of boots. Yes. That yes. was my introduction to yes. Coach Luster. So, 
Um, he he is a connoisseur of exotic leathers, I guess. I think yes. those happen to be Cayman at the time, yes. if I recall correctly. Yes. I've seen you in some full quill ostrich. I yes, know sir. I've seen before. Yes, sir. So a true Texan here at the <laughs> they table. They can do this all day, <laughs> all, all day. Yeah. <laughs> we can. Uh, yeah, good, uh, good. I saw that good Texas footwear coming down yes. the hallway. I was like, man, I, it's a home run hire for Randy Jackson. He, you no, know, he's been. just he's just a smart employee. He did some he did some research <laughs> or something. Comes there, he's like, I know what. Yeah. I'm yes, I, I saw a picture of Neil. He yeah. had his, you know, he had the little, his foot up with his boots on. So I'm wearing mine the there same day. Y'all yeah, yeah. smart. All right, so I'll tell you this too. Um, we talked about hobbies. We yes. sometimes talk to get into that. We got a shot to get into that. So I'm gonna because uh, I can also appreciate Coach Lester's hobbies. Talk to us about one of your hobbies a little bit, Coach Lester. Oh man, I'm I guess true Texan. Love to hunt and fish, mm-hmm. man. And, and uh, Neil blessed us, me and another coach and his son, man, the chance to go out and duck hunt on the last day you could do it. And you know we didn't perform like, like we should have. We, there were some ducks that got that got away. It's accountability. It's all about accountability. <laughs> But man, it was it was awesome. It was fun. I love man. I love the the I love the hawk hunt. Love the duck hunt. Man, we tried we trying to deer hunt. Just haven't had a chance to get one of those yet. But love the fish. Man, pull some nice bass out of out of a pond that Neil has out there. Um, hey, don't listen. This is pu- this is public information. I don't need any of these people knowing I got big fish. In oh, they're huge, like eight pound bass. I'm telling everybody right now. Y'all know where to go now. Yeah, <laughs> they can't find it. No, they no. Coach Luster couldn't find it. No, there's no way. Neil takes you a different route every time, so you can't find it. So there's he no. He puts I, a bag on your oh, head. And just oh, takes you through there. We just, do. All right, I, go ahead. We passed the same rock twice. I knew I knew what he was doing. So I, I can't I, I can't find that place if I wanted to. You know, though, I, I will say this. It goes hand in hand. Somehow that seems like outdoors and coaching. I don't know why, right? I mean, it's football, but it's basketball coaches too. It's volleyball coaches. It's just um, being active and yes. being engaged and yes. being in the moment. And um, um, I'm a hunter and fish and yes. fisherman too, you can tell. And I don't get a chance to do it as much as I used to, um, but I still certainly appreciate it. And it's great for younger kids. It's it like, is. You know, it's like coaching kids. Yes. You take your kids with you something that everybody can do together that's the thing you know you know as, as a coach you know and you, you sometimes you coach your kids and, and it's still yes. it's not the because you're you're competitive and your kids are like oh my god I wish, I wish this wasn't my dad coaching <laughs> but hunt, hunting and fishing is just that time for you guys just to, to with your own kids because once again you do so much for someone else's kids you know so I spend more time a lot of time with, with other ones kids than I do my own and so like when I do have a chance to do it you know, it's uh, it's hunting and fishing, and we'll go out and we'll we'll try to golf. I'm terrible at that too, but man, I, we just love being outside with my sons. You know, I have a little girl, and and she tags along. You know, I, if you see me without her, something's wrong. She's with me most of the time, but it's just awesome, man. And, and for you know to have you know someone with you that that loves doing the same thing, it's just it's it's great. This is not a Texas Parks and Wildlife production. But <laughs> it sounds like it today. We are all over the Texas stuff yes. today, but it's great. Texas yeah. Parks and Wildlife. Yes. Shout out. Yeah. There you yeah. going to tag them yes. with our, uh, our podcast. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Coach, you mentioned earlier, we're, we're going we're gonna to get close to wrapping this one up, but you mentioned earlier, if you, were, if you weren't a coach, you don't know what you'd do. Oh. Well, well, I'm going to call you out, and I'm going to ask you that you got to say one. Uh, this is a question that I've been wanting to ask coaches because that I think that's how a lot of coaches are, that you're doing exactly what you want to do. Yes. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot and I'll say, you can't be a coach. Coach Lester, you can't be a coach anymore. What, do you, what are you going to do? Any ideas? Not a clue. <laughs> Not a, I'll, I'll be a hunting and fishing guy. There you go. <laughs> hey, 
He's gonna coach hunting and fishing. Yeah, it's the same like guy. I'm serious. I like a lot. I knew. And here's the sad part about it. I remember watching my coaches in the, in the classroom, and they wasn't very good, you know. And, and I was like, they get three months off in the summer, which is, you don't get that anymore. Yeah. And I just, I just remember those guys coming to work every day, just, just happy to be there, you know. And that, like, that's what I want to do. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I started coaching before I even finished, yeah, before I even finished college. You know, pee wee teams. I coach at a private school. I just, I don't, I, I don't know what else I would do except for what else. My second love would be hunting mm-hmm. and fishing. So yeah, how yeah. how old were you whenever you think you decided like I'm gonna be a coach? It was probably you know um, when I was 16, probably when mm-hmm. I was 16. Um, I asked my coaches, "Hey, what do I have to do to be a coach?" And they were like, "You need to take this, take this." And at the time, they were like, "Man, the greatest thing you can do is get two certs." You know, back then it was they said P in history. You know, not uh, like that anymore. No, it? it's not because it's all flooded. Yes, yeah. you know um, everybody's a PE teacher, and and, and now some subjects are tested in, in history, and and back then the the coaches they wouldn't about you know being a mm-hmm. tested subject, but now man some of our our, our better teachers are, are, are coaches because once again they can relate to kids, yeah, uh, but that was my deal you know I knew at about sixteen years old because I sorry I I thought I was like this great athlete I'm gonna go pro <laughs> and after I get through playing pro then I'm a coach. Right. No, that that whole pro thing didn't work. I I was I was a dumb butt. I played semi-pro football way too long, and my knees and shoulders and back is jacked. But I still knew I was going to coach, though. Hey, we're glad you did. We're Mm -hmm. glad you do. And um, it's a different world to coach in than it was. I mean, I'm a coach's kid. Um, We've got a number of coaches' kids on staff, and um, times continue to change. It's it's harder and harder to be a coach. I think. You know, there's so much more, so many more layers that go with it these days. And um, being certified in multiple subjects and being flexible in the classroom and having to deal with stuff like this COVID mitigation. Yes, of course, there's a, there's a lot of other things we could go all the way into. It's, it is two, two full-time jobs, Addison. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. Um, but the key for successful programs and, and outstanding student development is having people. This is a people business having people like Eric Luster invested in kids there, there's you cannot put a value on it absolutely we are we are so happy that you're that you're coaching well, congratulations again on coach what of days, the month man. um 27 more days 27 more days <laughs> make the most Middle of it, it. Yes, yeah, sir. get the most of it all right and up next we have a very special guest with us today a little bit different than what we normally do that's but, right uh, coach Weaver tell us a little bit about well what Addison we uh we we talked to our coach of the month uh earlier today and and I'm excited to bring another a uh, person who's been invested in our program over the years and in Forney ISD. Coach Brad McCoy is with us today. He stepped in. He's an athletic director with the Flippin' Group. And Coach McCoy, very successful high school football coach in our state. We also talked about Texans earlier today. Mm-hmm. There's a well-known Texan sitting across the table from me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, coach McCoy, you, you coached your sons. Obviously, you had some successful sons that went on to play football, still do at a very high level. Uh, you've been an athletic director in our state. Um, and now you're working with the Flipping Group. Can you tell us sort of what your role and, and what you do with coaches 
uh, and with other groups in leadership uh, through the Flipping Group. Sure, Coach. Thanks, and, and uh, Addison, appreciate you guys having me today. It's uh, it's always fun to feed into Coach Allen. Coach for over 28 years, uh, pouring into kids and schools and athletics, and now I'm helping coaches around the country, which is a little tougher. Sometimes us coaches don't think we need much, but it's, it's yes, good sir. to continue that <laughs> development. So, yeah, I got into this uh, about eight years ago uh, in a very strong group of people that are just trying to make education a better place. And I uh, became the athletic director in a group that were functioning around high school uh, education, but we were starting to do a lot of things in the professional and collegiate sports world. So came on as their athletic director about eight years ago and doing a lot of work professionally with, uh, you know, Major League Baseball and, and in the NFL primarily. Uh, but after a couple of years, just felt like, you know, it was great to be doing those things, but I wanted to be where we could change people. I, mean, I, I think yeah. with athletes at that age, uh, they're where they are. You just hope to keep them on the field. So uh, we created a, a, a program called Coaching Greatness, which Ronnie right. has been a big part of. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, where we can actually help coaches bring some of those things that we're actually doing at the at the uh, professional and collegiate levels, bring it down to our high school and our middle school coaches where they can actually have a chance to change kids. So when they do get to that age, uh, we're making a difference in kids. Yes, sir. Well, our coaches in Pointy ISD have have been fortunate to go through some of that training with you, um, with the flipping group, and um, they've all done the flipping profile, mm -hmm. something that we dig into, and uh, we find is a really important part of our process. Of course, Dr. Terry um, and our, our administration have, um, we're, we're capturing kids' hearts school district, right? So all right. across Forney ISD, but it's just been a really neat uh, perspective for me to see it applied to athletics. Tell us that, how's the flipping profile relevant uh, for coaches and for coaching. Sure, the, the profile really uh, is, it talks about our behaviors. It's, a lot of profiles today talk about to your personality. You know, yes. what are the, and, and everybody's got a different personality, but the thing about personality is that you can't change them. With you, when you start talking about behaviors of coaches and leaders, those are things that we can actually adapt and change. So the flipping profile is, is consistent with, with 13 different behaviors uh, that we exhibit as leaders, whether it's coaches, leaders, or administrative leaders, or leaders of a business or a Fortune 500 company. There, there's not much difference. So we measure levels of aggression, self-control, nurturing, criticality, dominance, deference, how much you de defer to other people, uh, to come up with, a, you know, it is a strength finder, which everybody wants to know what our strengths are. So we play to our strengths. We'd never say not to. But if we're trying to grow and get better as coaches and we're trying to help develop people uh, to a higher standard of participation, then if you, if you just totally look at your strengths, um, you don't get much better. But if we look at what we call constraints, and in our, in our focus, a constraint is anything that hinders our progress toward a goal. So we all set goals. So if we can identify the constraints that hinder those progresses, then we can we can really coach ourselves up and get a lot better. So that's the, the primary benefit of using a profiling tool that, that shows one way how we say, uh, think of ourselves, you know, what, what what is my level of aggression, so to speak, but we can also get six opinions of those who work around me. And, I'm, and a lot of times those are very different, as you know. So Absolutely. You, get a, you get a self evaluation and then you get a really cool evaluation of, of how people around me see me and then we can develop a plan on how to get better. It is interesting that each person that you ask to complete that profile survey uh, sees you through a different lens. And I think that's probably the same way with coaches. You're coaching a team of kids, and each one of those kids is looking through a different lens, really based on their experiences and their interactions with you or with adults or with parents or, or whatever circles they travel in. It's been great information for us. Uh, it's, it was a great process to go through that training. Um, I do have one more question for sure. you while we got you sitting here, put you on, on the spot. and. If it, you've you've coached a lot in our state, you've you've been involved uh, very high levels uh, competitively, 
you've been uh, now coaching coaches in addition to, to kids and your own kids. Um, and you've coached people out of athletics in Fortune 500 and companies right. and everywhere else. If you could give us, encapsulate a, some advice as with all the experiences you've got, and particularly with the flipping group, what advice do you have for coaches that are coaching today in the 21st century in this era that we live in? And then what advice would you give uh, for our student athletes who are listening to this? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question, Coach. Um, you know, one of the things that I've looked at over the last few years, this, uh, this term we've thrown around for a long time about social emotional learning uh, applies not only to education, but it really applies to sports as well. So many of our kids are coming from places that we didn't grow up with as coaches. And, and so how do, we, how do we connect with all kids? And, uh, and we've thrown that phrase around for a long time uh, just kind of as rhetoric. But I'm telling you, through COVID, through where we are now, uh, it's a real thing. How are we going to coach kids through this? How are we going to bring them back? How are we going to bring coaches back? So that's one one thing I, th I think we really need to understand that uh, there's an emotional piece to this. And, and a lot of times coaches come in and they, you know, there's not, a, there's not, it's where I am. The emotions are where I am and where I want you to be as opposed to where are you, where do I need to lead you? You know, we, we look at we look at things, we go back to the profile. I think one of the things that really sticks out to me when I'm when I'm looking at coaches' data um, is their is their dominance level and their self-control level. When you look at those two things together, I mean, dominance really has to do with, with how much control I like. And coaches mm -hmm. like, they like control. We right. like to have control of things. Um, and it doesn't, that's not a bad thing. Uh, but but sometimes we don't listen as well, and sometimes that's I, my way or the highway. But that one component of my behavior, uh, standalone, doesn't really tell much. But when you add self-control to that, uh, self-control is simply if, I, if I'm low self-control, I think it, I say it. If I'm high self-control, I think it, and I think it some more. So when you look at those two things together, as back to your question, on, on one of the things that I really look at in coaches, how we can get better, um, is, is we have a lot of coaches that are high dominant, low self-control. And if you ask a question, they're the ones who are going to answer it. And right. you know kids that are that way, too. When you ask a question in the classroom, you know the kids that are going to raise their hand and answer it automatically. Sure. The problem is about half your coaches and the other half of those kids are low dominant. They don't necessarily need control of things. Uh, they're satisfied to be the second chair in, in, you know, in, in the band. They're, satis they're satisfied being in the back office doing the data work. They don't have to have a microphone in their hands. And they're also high self-control if they think it and then they think it longer. So how do we get better as a team and a staff? How do we get better as a classroom kid? So the problem is sometimes those low dominant, high self-control people are actually the smartest people on your team but we don't hear from them, so right, therefore yeah. we don't get any better. So our what we want to do as a process is help teams get better because if teams get better and we hear a voice of everyone, uh, we, can, we can advance uh, that level of play that we're really trying to do for everybody. Good. Great stuff. Awesome. Obviously, I mean, we're, we're really glad to have yes. Coach McCoy invested here and, and the flipping group to be invested in what we do. It's, it's made our coaches better. It's going to continue to make our system better. And that's what it's all about, right? So we've got to empower kids, mm -hmm. and we've got to get coaches to – it's okay to be dominant. We've got to get them to listen and then get those two working together. Good things happen. In that exactly. Place. Yeah, bring them, up, bring them all. Hear them all. So I think there's some really cool things. But I appreciate you having me today. It's Man, awesome. Thank you so much yes. for being with us. You bet. Cool. Anything yes, else? Sir. No, we're good. Thanks, good. Addison. we got work to get to. Um, so now we are going to head over to Reed for our Around Town. Welcome to Around Town. And so I heard that Coach Weaver has a pond. Ah. <laughs> so, so do, well, it's not around town. It's a little bit out of town. Okay. So you've got to, you've got to, you know, takes a little bit to get to it. Oh, okay. that's fine with me. Okay. There's big fish, and I'll, I'll drive as far as I'm. You've done a great to. job producing this show. Maybe I can help you produce <laughs> some fish. How about that? Yes. Thank you. Yes. 
So for a uh, boy for basketball, North Point boys is nine and one on this season, and the North Point girls are eleven and one, and they both play West Mesquite on February second. Uh, for Forney boys, they are three and seven. Forney girls are two and eight, and both play Greenville on on the second as well. That's the second. That's today. Yes. Come on out. J- it just depends today. on when you're listening to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, soccer, North Point boy. North Forty boys are one zero oh, and one. North Forty girls are one and two, and they both play Crandall on the second. Forty boys are zero oh, and two, and the Forty girls are one and one, and both play Westmus Heat on the second. Awesome! We are getting ramped up with with all these sports. There are other sports that have news as well, but they're not they're not on the around town schedule yet. So make sure that y'all check out the the websites for both schools yes, to know everything that's going Facebook, on. Facebook, Twitter, um, we're out there and. Um, in addition to the podcast, mm-hmm. are you going to ask Reed about his favorite book? Absolutely. I thought you would. Reed, what's your favorite book of all time? When was the last mm. time you read a book? Beginning to end. Probably freshman year. Freshman year? So about Is a few it, years okay, ago. so Reed's a senior, ex-English teacher, right? Yes. He taught English. And history and special education. So is that a... Yeah, it is, yes. Is that a problem that Reed hasn't read a book? <clears throat> well, he's reading pieces, right? right? Probably in his classes, he's reading excerpts. He's reading, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, in my, you know, in my British Lit class, we're reading. Yeah, we read in that class, but not like full books. We just read like <laughs> that's little right. Yeah, excerpts. That's right. So, what's your favorite book? Probably Maze Runner. Okay. Yeah, that's good because that's the deal. You know, I mean, they're reading stuff in school they need to know, mm-hmm. but the the trick is for for young people, I think. Um, to get that interest level up, to, to yeah. read things that they want to know and read things that they're interested in and read stories that are engaging and entertaining. Like we said, you know, every one of us hit on a, a book that is a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason it's a movie is because it was a really interesting, exciting book yeah. and the content is really good. That's, you know, we get focused sometimes a little too much on British lit. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I wasn't a big British. I'm an English major and yeah. I wasn't a big yeah. British lit fan either, but... Um, yeah, it's the interest that's really important. Sports, well, that's easy. Yes. And there's so much good interest in a lot of other things out there, too. So, Well, take it from me, Reed. Um, read more. Uh, as yeah. an adult, I wish that I was better at reading. I liked movies way too much. Just always wanted to watch the movie and yeah. just never sat down. And, I think that's and my problem, books. too. Yeah, that's true. You're, I mean, you're yeah. in my class, and Reed's awesome at this. Um, that's. I want to give Reed a shout-out. Reed directed our first short film of the year, and it was awesome. It yes. blew me away. It's I called, can't wait to see it. It's called Unknown. Uh, we can play it here, just people. We can't post it yet because it is now um, being considered for about 15 different film festivals across the country. Wow. Um, so we have that. Did you have something, Coach O? That's awesome. <laughs> Thank Reed, you. Reed's it is a, awesome. Reed is potentially a budding celebrity. Oh, he is. Yes. He is. Um, and yeah. Reed wrote and directed that. Reed also wrote and directed uh, the one that's in editing right now. And that'll be about a 15-minute short film. That is, uh, I'm looking forward to that because I got to act in it. Yes. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, so we have fun in this class, but they also turn out some really good stuff. I mean, it was it was awesome. So um, once that is out, we will tell you all about which festivals, whatever, how you can see it. But usually how that works is you can't watch it until the festival's over. Uh, so we'll let you all know. Well, hey, your genius is mm-hmm. very evident in the 126. So Thank you. I've already gotten a preview of it. I'm sure the, the film is excellent. Thank mm-hmm. you. It is. And we also shout out to the rest of the crew as yes. well. We didn't do it alone, yeah. that's for sure. Um, <laughs> But that is all we have for episode eight of the one two six. Join us next Tuesday um, with hopefully 
the new head football coach um, and athletic coordinator of Forney High School, correct? Yeah, that, yeah yes. that'll be an exciting interview. It'll be an introduction uh, to that individual for, for listeners and um, um, sort of an introduction for that individual mm-hmm. to uh, a podcast that uh, is about Forney ISD athletics. So we'll, and we'll, we're going to we'll, come up with the hardest questions uh, for that. Yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah, put them through them. the ringer. We yes. want to grill them. Absolutely. That, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be, be a good, lot fun. good opportunity to get to know our new head coach at Forney High School. All right. Well, 75126, share us out there. Tell your friends, tell your family, keep on listening, and we will talk to you next Tuesday.